Hi there, this is Robin from More Than Mothering, and you're listening to episode 24 with Brittany. Welcome to the More Than Mothering podcast, where we highlight admirable moms in every stage and with all different experiences and skill sets. We believe moms are the experts in their own home, and we can all learn and be inspired by each other. Brittany is, if you can believe it, my third interview with a triplet mom. Brittany is a good friend of Katie's from episode 22, and she reached out to me willing to also be interviewed. I don't know why it surprised me so much that triplet moms would have such different experiences. It's not like any mom of Singleton that I've talked to has had the same experience, but this was a really eye-opening interview for me of just how different every mom's journey is. I'm going to start recording here. Okay. And put a sticky note over my face so I don't look at me the whole time because that's always the hard part. Um, okay. Let's see. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Sounds good. I'm here with Brittany. Brittany is a wife to Matt. They've been married about four and a half years and a mom of triplets. We're lucky to have a third mom of triplets to interview uh, for this website. So um, her triplets are 19 months and we're going to talk uh, a little bit about that experience, um, yes. labor and delivery and all the things that come after, yes. uh, after having triplets. So thank you so much for talking with me today. Yeah. And thanks for asking me. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I mostly with Katie, we, we, and you're a good friend of Katie's. Yes. Um, with Katie, I talked a lot about the pregnancy and the fertility treatments and everything. I want to focus mostly for you on what came after labor, okay. and delivery, but let me just first, uh, quickly tell me about finding out that you had triplets and then that that pregnancy experience for you well I was incredibly blessed to have a very boring pregnancy which is exactly what you want when you have multiples um I never had preterm labor never had to be admitted to the hospital never had any scares with the health of the babies which was what everyone was praying for so that was a huge blessing Um, being a NICU nurse um I knew how badly things could go and nothing ever went bad so it was great Um, finding out I was pregnant with triplets was actually a very funny story because um, we found out we were pregnant on Thanksgiving, but we weren't going to tell our families until Christmas. So when I went for my first appointment, um, they had me come in because my blood levels got so high so fast. Um, My husband had just started a new job and he couldn't take off work to go with me and nobody else knew I was pregnant. So I went by myself. So the lady turned on the screen and we immediately saw two sacks on the screen as soon as it turned on. And I was like, oh my gosh, I prayed for twins my whole life. And so we were talking about it. She was so excited for me. And then a few minutes later, she was like, um, actually, I think I might see another one in this sack. And like, we both just were like completely silent. And she was like, what? And like turned to look at her. She's like, I'm not sure. Like you're really early. It's hard to tell, but it does look like a third baby. So then they sat me for a very long time while my come to find out my nurse practitioner chewed her out and made her pull up all the pictures again because she didn't believe her. Um, there were three babies and my husband was so worried at that point because it had been so long that he called me to see what was wrong. And I told him on the phone 
Um, there are at least two babies inside me right now, but they think probably three. <laughs> so that was like the worst possible way to tell your husband you're having triplets. <laughs> there may in fact not be a good way to tell him that. So that's what we went with. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God. kind of a, a crazy thing to do by yourself yeah yeah that's yeah. So stressful so then you carried them full term how many weeks were they when you delivered 36 and 3 so um, I think the average triplet pregnancy is 32 to 33 weeks and I, they really say thir- full term is 37 but I think for triplets they they pretty much counted as full term because no NICU time they came home with me so Wow. We didn't have any of the normal preemie issues that most have to deal with, which was another blessing. Yeah, that's huge. That's yeah. incredible. Okay, cool. So um, tell me about labor and delivery. Uh, 36 and 3. Um, yes. And then they got those um, out of there. No labor, um, but we were a scheduled C-section. So we went that morning. Um, I think there were 28 people in our family in the waiting room. They probably hated us. And um, they, it was all very smooth. They took me back um, to the OR, got me prepped. Matt was there. Everybody came out crying. It was great. Um, it was very relieving to A, be able to breathe again, and B, um, know that like all the worry through your whole pregnancy that like this today at this doctor's appointment, something's not going to be okay. At this doctor's appointment, all of a sudden something be wrong. We have to have babies. Like all of that was over, and like they're finally here and they're finally okay. That was such a relief. And then obviously to meet them was amazing. Um, the a small complication that we didn't know about um, was I lost a lot of blood in the OR, and the doctor didn't report it as me losing a lot of blood. He told my family I had minimal blood loss, and he kind of charted it that I had minimal blood loss. So when I got back to my room and every time they got me up, I was passing out. Nobody could really figure out what was going on because nobody had been told how much blood I lost. So that was rough until I got some transfusions. It was like, I was really out of it and like so tired. I could hardly function. Um, but once they got me some blood, then I did a little bit better. Um, and then we were there for five days and we all came home together, which was awesome. Um, and that was quite an adjustment to come home to, but um, I was just glad I didn't have to leave them. Like I had been told my whole pregnancy I would. So, um, you know, I don't know if you wanted to touch on this later. We, um, we got home and nine days later, I ended up having like a big complication. But um, other than that, we had absolutely nothing go wrong. And it was, it was such a different experience than I expected it to be to be able to bring them home with me and think at that moment that we were out of the woods finally. Yeah. Wow. What a miracle. So yeah, tell me, tell me what happened nine days post. Um, so I was actually going to get to take a shift in bed, which was nice. And, um, <laughs> that's all. It was always nice to when it was your shift to sleep. Um, and I just started bleeding like really, really, really bad out of absolutely nowhere. Um, so we called the, the, fetal care practice and they kind of blew it off and told me I could just monitor at home. But we live like 45 minutes from the hospital and it was already like 10 o'clock at night, 1030. So they told me I could stay home and monitor, but my husband was like, no, I'm taking you in. We had to have somebody come over and sit with the babies already. So we just went in and as we drove, it got progressively worse. I was bleeding. Like I could tell that I was bleeding really, really bad. 
Um, and then once we got up to triage of the hospital and they saw how much I was bleeding, everything went really fast and everybody, I'm a nurse, so I know your professional keep it calm face. And I was seeing that on my nurses. And at one point, my husband, who was like the world's most laid back non-medical person was like, I mean, are we really worried about this? And she was like sticking me for an IV and she stopped and turned around and was like, she is losing a lot of blood. We need to be very concerned about this. And at that point, he was done. He was like a baby in the corner at that point. Oh. But um, they actually tried to like manually extract the clots, which was the most horrifying thing I've ever been through. And they couldn't get them out. So they had to take me to the operating room for an emergency DNC. Um, and that also did not stop the bleeding. So they were finally able to like an inflate a balloon in my uterus to hold pressure on the bleeding so that they wouldn't have to take um, my uterus because a hysterectomy was like the last ditch effort to make it stop. But um, I lost over two liters of blood after I got to the hospital and I'd been bleeding about an hour and a half or two hours by the time I got there. So it was a really rough situation. It was very scary. And um, Matt, my husband was in like by himself through the whole thing and said he thought he was going to be raising three nine day old babies by himself for the rest of his life. But um, they took great care of me after that. But it was extremely touch and go there for a few minutes. Yeah. It was very scary. Oh, that sounds terrifying. And yeah, I've, I've been lucky enough to interview a few people who have had uh, scary moments in the hospital. And those, those husband stories are a, that's a totally different story to tell. That's oh, like, yeah. how horrifying that would be for them. Yeah. Okay. So that's terrifying. So uh, tell me about, um, so you, this research hospital was fairly new to multiple moms. So you were able to connect with, uh, I think you said nine other triplet moms who, who delivered from June to December of that year. Yeah. There was nine of us total. Six months. Yeah. Tell me about finding, finding your people and, and uh, kind of how you survived we that. We our tribe. Um, we, so I found, I've, I just posted on the local multiples website, like, Hey, I'm having triplets. Is there anybody else on here? That's not just twins. And like, are you having them soon? <laughs> Cause I feel kind of lonesome. And this girl named Bellamy rep replied to me and she was three days behind me with triplets. Like we were literally due within three days of each other. And she had just accidentally found Katie on another social media site. And so we teamed up and we did some hardcore stalking of people and we were able to slowly tick it down. Like, okay, now we have six of us. So there has to be three more somewhere. And we would just like find people at the hospital and like who were there for appointments at the same time as us or ultrasounds or whatever. And we slowly just found each other. And it was like, sorry, my children are not wanting to take their nap right now. Um, they, um, like we were all terrified and we all had no idea it was going to happen. Everybody had like a totally different journey. Everybody had totally different complications and we were just scared and had no idea what we were doing. So we kind of formed this like very deep, very quick bond with one another because we finally found somebody that understood what we were going through. And it was like the most helpful thing, even though we all had great family support systems, it was like a different level of, of support and friendship 
to go through, through something so weird to most people that most people just don't understand and have like this whole group of people that are doing it with you. And so after the original group of us delivered, um, the docs had said like no other multiple moms have ever, or none of their patients had ever done this before, but they saw like how much we helped each other. And so they started referring all the new triplet moms in the practice to our group. And so, I mean, we visit each other's kids in the NICU. We bought e brought each other food on bed rest and would come to visit. We would sit in our ultrasounds together and our non-stress tests together and talk. And, you know, when somebody goes on bed rest, we'll go visit them in the hospital. I mean, we do whatever we need to do for each other. Um, if now, if one of our kids is admitted into the hospital or some, you know, everybody's sick in the whole house, we'll send food or whatever. Like, we just try as other moms who get it to just help each other through, whether it's the original of us that still don't know what we're doing or <laughs> the newer moms who are like somewhere that we actually feel like we can give advice to. Um, we've just, there's 25 of us now, 25 moms. Um, and, and we just all try to do what we need to do for each other to get through this together. Kind of. That's incredible. What yeah. an incredible support group. That's so cool. Um, yeah. So maybe you people's faces when we go out on play dates. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Um, so maybe you've already answered this, but what do you feel like you are able to offer these other moms that you were not able to have during your pregnancy and early months? I feel like just logistical things that other moms help each other with, like you know, what equipment do we really need? Do we need three of something? Do we really, you know, how did you guys transition sleep? How did you guys transition naps? Because no mom of one baby can answer that question for you. It is a totally different ball game. So we do for each other what normal mom friends do, but the, that group of people is the only one who has any advice that's worthwhile because nothing applies to three that applies to one. But for the younger, the, the moms of younger sets, we also try to just be an encouragement. Like you know, we, I think I told you before, we refer to the first six months as the trenches because it's truly horrible in many ways. Um, you don't get to enjoy so many of the things that a baby, like one baby would bring, you know, you don't get to just sit and snuggle. Lord knows you never sleep. Like you, your body has been stressed and is trying to get over that. You know, it's just breastfeeding is not just this easy situation you can assume can happen. Most all of them were in the NICU and had to be discharged home without their babies. I mean, it's, it's a different journey of motherhood in every way. And those first six months are just hard. And so we can just offer encouragement, anecdotal stories to make you laugh of, you know, when we were in the midst of it, just a little bit of love that, you know, pushes them through like we push each other through but also the encouragement of every one of us has been there this is what we did and you're going to get through it and so sometimes i feel like that's the biggest help that we can be to them is just here i stand so in a year this is going to be where you stand too you just got to get through today mm -hmm. so. oh that's so cool so um you know you hear the cliche that like women don't want you to solve all of their problems necessarily. And sometimes the husband gets a bad rap for wanting to solve all the things. And yeah. So, so tell me, um, how have you, how have you found that in your group 
the, that balance between people really wanting advice versus people just needing you to listen? I mean, I think there's definitely a fair amount of both of that, of those types of questions and situations. But I feel like in our group, you know, we demographically, if you put us on a chart, we would hit the extreme of every demographic spectrum there is. I mean, anything you could think of, we are the most different people from the most different kinds of lifestyles, but no one takes that into consideration in our group. Um, no one, I think everyone feels that when they're talking to other people in the group or when we're together, it's like a safe place and they know they're cared about and loved and nothing that any of the other ones of us say, it comes from a judgmental sort of place. And so you can ask advice and then get everyone's advice and not take any of it. And it's fine. You can vent about your husband or your babies or your mother-in-law and know that that's where it stays. And all of us understand and so whether it's, I just need to let loose of everything that's going on right now, or, you know, how did you get your babies to sleep through the night? And we all have a different answer, or most of us suggest one thing, but you still do something else. No one feels like they're going to be disliked because of that or judged because of how they choose to do it, because that's just not the spirit of the group. And so I think just from the get-go choosing to to love each other no matter what has kind of taken that off the table. Hmm. Oh, that's so cool. What yeah. a safety, safety net for, yeah. Come up. That's so cool. Um, okay. Uh, you mentioned, uh, as we were prepping for this interview, that um, postpartum depression is something that's talked about more frequently now, which is a great thing. I agree. Yeah. Um, but that PTSD from, uh, delivery or from pregnancy and postpartum anxiety is something that has not been talked about. And you said that I want to say exactly what you said, because I love this. It's a foreign place for vulnerable moms to get pulled under. And I believe it needs to be brought to light. Yeah, for sure. So cool. So tell me uh, for you, your, your postpartum anxiety, what did that look like for you? Um. It was, it was very strange because I've never been that kind of a person. I was, I was honestly the kind of person that like couldn't even fathom how people could be so crippled by being so worried about something. It never made sense to me. Um, I feel very judgy from where I stand now because now I understand how that feels and it's horrible. Um, mine was mostly not ever wanting to be away from the babies. If I ever knew that like I had to go do something where I had to leave them, I mean, even if it was with my husband's mom or something. I do feel like it got worse as time went on for a little while. And so like when I left them to go back to work when they were 12 weeks old, I left, my mom keeps them. And so I think that was so established as part of the routine that I, I dealt with that better. But then as it got worse, kind of if I had to leave them with anyone else or for any other reason, or like if I thought I might have to leave them overnight, I for days, I couldn't think of anything else. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. I was beside myself if I knew I was going to have to leave them. And if something came up all of a sudden where I didn't have time to worry about it for days, it was like an almost complete panic mode of like, I, I they like, they weren't going to be safe. I didn't, 
I don't know. It was, it was a very irrational and I knew in the moment it was irrational, but I couldn't not feel it anyway. So it, but it all, if I was with them, I was totally fine. It was all centered around ever having to be away from them. So I really think it went back to thinking I was going to die when they were nine months old. Like I walked out the front door hurriedly and then realized as they will me to the operating room, I may never see them again. And so, and then I think you compound that with a high risk pregnancy when, like I said, you never know what complications you're going to have. It's not like a normal singleton you go to your anatomy scan at 20 weeks, they look at the baby, the baby's fine, and everything's gonna be fine from there on out. We never got that. We never felt safe. We never felt like we were out of the woods because until they were here, something could happen anytime we went to the doctor and anytime between doctor's appointments. And then to finally feel like in the operating room, they're here, they're fine, they're out of the woods, nothing ever went wrong. And to be nine days removed from that and really think everything's fine and then you almost die. It makes you feel like no matter what, you're never safe and they're never safe and you're never going to be out of the woods. And I, I've talked to a counselor about it now, which is how I can get to there. But I think that's really what, what caused it was, and that's why it, it all centered on not being with them because I just had been like, had my world rocked that they were never going to be safe. Yeah. So, but all of that, you know, postpartum depression is very high risk in moms of multiples on top of like your hormones being crazy and your body being taxed beyond normal. Like it really changes your life more than one baby does in so many ways financially, you know, many people get divorced soon after having multiples, like it stresses every part of your life. Um, so you're already very high risk, but even at my postpartum visit, no one ever mentioned it to me. Like no one ever mentioned or screened me for postpartum depression or anxiety or asked me how I was doing with any of it. It was never, ever discussed with me one time. That's so unfortunate. I think that's, you know, obviously your experience with multiples is not something I can relate to or that many people can, but I think the postpartum anxiety and depression, I think that's something that will resonate with a lot of, a lot of people. Um, I think that's a lot of people's experience, unfortunately. And um, I think moms who left their babies in the NICU, because I can't relate to that either, but like I said, most of the girls in my group had to do that. And you know, some were within two weeks of having delivery, they were struggling. Some were a year out and just really started to struggle. But, you know, there's a lot of research being done now about PTSD from your child being in the NICU. And so I think that's something that isn't well known or talked about either. But you still see, I've seen that in my friends that really struggle with things triggering them about their NICU time. It's just really hard for them to deal with. So yeah. it all kind of ties in together. Yeah. Oh, that sounds brutal. Okay. I, uh, I want to change gears just a little bit. You are a nurse and uh, a working mom and yeah. working moms are not uh, something I have represented very well on this, uh, on this website. So I'd love to hear from you. Um, 
was working always the plan once you had kids and why did you decide to go back to work? Um, well, I always wanted to be a nurse my whole life. I always wanted, I work at Cincinnati Children's, um, and that's where my mom worked growing up. So that, I, that was like my view of nursing was to be a NICU nurse there. And I thought that would be awesome. And, um, so that's what I, as long as I can remember, that's what I wanted to do. But as I got older and toyed with maybe other careers, I always came back to nursing because you can work full time and be three days and stay in with your kids the rest of the time. And I thought that was something I wanted to do. Um, so it was always, you know, in the plan for me to go back. Um, I did go from full-time to part-time when I came back. So instead of working two 12-hour shifts and an eight-hour shift, I dropped my eight-hour shift and I was just there for two 12s. Um, after six months, even that was quite stressful on everybody that needed to be helping my husband with the babies while I worked like weekends and holidays and stuff too. And so um, I ended up moving departments to where I can work eight-hour shifts and work even less than that now. So um, it's been really hard to balance, honestly. Um, you know, again, you can't just leave three babies with any random person. You know, if somebody's sick, you can't call the teenager next door and see if they'll come sit with your kid while you go to work. It's like a new ball game. So your list of babysitters is significantly shorter than it would be if you just had one baby. So um, when they're sick, it's hard um, to not have to just call in. Um, and when one's sick, they're all sick. And, you know, but at the same time, you also added three new people to your family. So is taking away an entire salary really plausible either? So um, it's been a big, a big adjustment. Um, it's still a struggle. I feel like it may be always be a struggle, um, especially because I really, really loved what I did. Um, before our, they were born, I was a float nurse and I worked in all the ICUs and all the normal floors of the hospital. And then I was on the trauma team and I just loved that. Um, and now I do pre-op stuff, which is a great schedule to be a mom, but you know, that adrenaline rush and you know, all the, all the fun nursing stuff, um, that I loved about my other job, I don't get to do anymore. So it's also been hard to, to give up what I loved for them, basically, for, to be home with them more, um, but you do what you got to do for your kids, and um, we've made it work so far, but I don't think I'll ever not work at all, hmm. um, and we could live financially, but we couldn't do the fun things, and that's important to me to be able to do vacations and things with them too, so. Cool, well, that's awesome. Um, okay, well, I was going to ask you another question, but you already answered it in that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm just looking at my notes here, make sure I've covered all my bases. Um, uh, okay, cool. Um, so tell me what life looks like right now with three 19 month olds. Um, my answer to that is beautiful chaos every time. Yeah. This age is so fun. Like they're starting to be able to talk. They have such crazy different personalities. Um, they're starting to like be friends with each other and love each other and communicate together and with us. But holy cow, they're crazy. Like they run in opposite directions. They have horrible tempers. They already think they're two. They fight and bite and hit and steal toys. Like it's, it is complete insanity. And I am very tired all the time. <laughs> but it is they really are fun and it's like you finally get to know them and really start to feel like you have a two-way relationship with them about this age so 
-hmm. it's definitely fun. And the older they get, the more manageable things become. So yeah, I think less crazy than it used to be. (laughs) I've been thinking this week, I think two might be my favorite age right now. It's just like, just coming into that two year old age when they start really talking and really major personality. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. <clears throat> that's really cool. So what does, uh, what about the future for your family? What does that look like? Are you, are you all here or, or what do you think? Well, I think we're all here and, but God's had a sense of humor with us once. So I never say we're done because I'm not going to, um, test that. Um, we don't plan to have any more. Um, we just moved into a new house the other week. So we finally feel like we have more room. We, we don't want to put more people in that room. I think three is plenty. We had originally planned to have two. So I always say we're in overtime already. So I think we're all here, but I won't say that definitively. That's fair. Cool. Um, All right. Well, thank you so much for answering all of my very personal questions. No, it's not. It's not even the most personal thing I've been asking the grocery store lately. So you're fine. (laughs) Sounds good. Are you ready for a speed round? I think so. I forgot the questions. I don't know that I prepped for this, but we'll see. That's all right. That's all right. All right. Um, all right. Brittany, what's your favorite sound? Um, I think the baby's giggling is my favorite sound. That's great. What's your least favorite sound? Um, the quiet after a big loud boom. Oh, that is such a good answer. That's when your heart is like on the floor and you're like, oh God, oh God. You just wait for it. It's bad. It takes years off your life every time it happens. Such a good answer. Oh my God. All right. What's your favorite word? Um, It seems to be no, if you ask my children, but I don't really think that's actually my favorite word. It's just my most used word probably. It always is with 19 months old. That's always the case. Yeah. All right. Brittany, what do you know? Um, I know I was made for this. Oh, that's a great answer too. What do you want to learn? How to do it better. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. What'd you say? What scares you? Um, a lot of things scare me. I think having regrets at the end of life. Mm. Yeah. Um, tell me about a mom you admire. My mom. That's a great answer. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to all moms out there. Uh, yeah. Brittany, what are you good at? Oh, you're going to have to edit this part out. <laughs> you told me you edited her cries, so you better edit my cries out too. Let me have a drink. <laughs> I don't I watched, I watched Katie's and told her that she made me cry. I don't know how she didn't cry. And she's like, I did. She just edited them out. I didn't remember her crying. All right. What was my question? <laughs> Brittany, what are you good at? I'm good at crafting. I don't get much time to do it, but I, I do love a cricket. I like to knit. Um, I like to read. I don't get a ton of time to do that either, but I am good at crafting. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. My favorite part of this interview is hearing about the support group that they've been able to create with each other. Brittany has kind of become the president of that group. She organizes those women and helps them to make sure that they are feeling supported. But they've been just as much for her 
And that is what women can do for each other. I'd love to be able to be that kind of woman for other mothers in my circle. Thank you for listening to the More Than Mothering podcast. You can visit the website at morethan-mothering.com for show notes, images, and the video form of this interview, as well as many other interviews with remarkable women. If you are having a less than day, I hope you leave feeling more than.